Bernard Trump, and welcome to The Right View. With me, as always, is Kimberly Guilfoyle, Mercedes Schlapp, and Katrina Pearson. All right, ladies, let's jump right in. This is so exciting. The president just announced that he is pardoning Susan B. Anthony. This is as we are a week away from the 100th anniversary of women gaining the right to vote in this country. Uh, the fact, Mercy, that the president would do this, would do it now, would do it on the centennial, um, explain the significance of this and really how huge this is. This is fantastic. It is. It's so inspirational. Let me tell you something. Let's step back into history, into 1872, when Susan B. Anthony was thrown into jail for violating the law uh, basically permitting only men to vote. Just think about that, 1872. And so, you know, she is a hero for the women's suffrage movement. She's a pioneer. And she was a voice for women in ensuring that we were able to ratify the 19th Amendment and to allow women to vote. Obviously, for a mom of five girls and knowing this incredible history and this incredible heroine, uh, I'm so proud of the president for pardoning her. It sends a very strong message of how these amazing women are such a part of our history that, in essence, have given us the right to vote and have such a strong voice in these elections. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's such a feel-good moment. It's such a positive, uplifting thing. And you contrast that, ladies, with what we saw, the train wreck of the Democrats kicking off last night, their convention, if that's what we're going to call it, Basically, it's just the solid uh, approval that they are getting now from the radical left-wing mobs takeover. They're trying to do everything they can to pander for votes, do what they usually do, uh, try to blame everything uh, that they've actually been doing to destroy this country and their party on the president. Uh, we know that didn't stick, but I want to get everybody's reaction last night. Katrina, um, I know that you and I were texting a little bit last night. Give me just your general <laughs> thoughts about that. How much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> this was such a crazy convention. I mean, the nonsense and the ridiculous <laughs> lies that were spewed last so night. So many lies. Over lies, the top, yeah. guys. I mean, I couldn't even stomach most of it. You know, you have all of these liars and liberals, and they were all angry, which this should have been an opportunity to promote their party, promote their vision, and they just didn't have one. I mean, the Democrat platform is literally Joe is not Trump. That's it. Right. That's all they have. There were no criticisms of the policy. Oh, wait, there was one, but it was Obama's policy right. that was kept in place. I mean, it was just so outrageous and egregious. And I just know that the American people were looking at this the way that I was wondering what planet these people are living on. Yeah, and they tried to roll out Kimberly, John Kasich, like anybody gives a single bleep about this guy. I mean, oh, honestly, wow. we didn't care in 2016. Uh, he, he's desperate to stay relevant. But what was your takeaway from, from the night? Because I felt like it was a very depressing, dark, bleak uh, kind of coverage of what they think of the United States of America. Really sad. Yeah, sad exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> the <Yeah>. whole thing. <laughs> What is going on? I was like, wait, what is that? John Kasich? Like, I didn't even know he was still around. Okay. Right. He's like the weekend at Bernie's stunt double. That's what he is. He's like, 
crash test dummy. They had him standing in the crossroads. Oh, uh, this is so embarrassing. So cute. Some people oh have like God. no self-respect. Like, what the heck yeah. is going on? I, I thought the whole thing was really, truly sad and it had no energy. It was low energy. It was just really bad. Um, just watching is the way the Democrats try to kick off their convention with a singular message to America of hatred for our president. That was their whole theme. And usually conventions are defined by sincere messages, you know, hope mm -hmm. and triumph and of the American dream and exceptionalism, stuff that motivates you to vote for the candidate. But that's not what the Democrats have to offer. They just may be the saddest and most pessimistic people in the world. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's so it's so frightening. And the next uh, three nights or anything like the first, I'm not sure there will be viewers left. By the time yeah. the cameras go live to Biden's basement, I mean, I think people are going to be like, what? Tuned out. Democrats do not just have like an enthusiasm problem. They got a candidate problem. They got a message problem. Um, and I truly cannot wait. By the way, Laura, you've been working hard on this. So next week when we get to display all of the glory that is American, the triumph and accomplishments of President Trump for the American people and all that we he will accomplish when we deliver him four more years. I'm fired up. Fired up. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I, I've been working hard on it with a great team. So uh, if you like the Democrats convention, then don't tune into ours because ours actually promotes America. We promote the fact that this is <laughs> still that. the greatest country in exactly. the world. Um, it's going to be totally different. Mercy, want to get your takeaway. What would you think? Well, I got to tell you, one of the interesting moments is they had a never-Trumper, uh, Susan Molinari. She mm -hmm. uh, works for Google and actually she lobbied for the Russians. So I don't know if they failed in their vetting process, but I think that was a train wreck. And then I think the other piece of this that's so important is that you had Bernie Sanders kind of kick it all off. You're talking about the the, the self-proclaimed socialist. Socialist, yeah. Basically making yeah. it very clear that his socialist manifesto will be the agenda for these Democrats. It is not Joe Biden in charge as much as they tried to convince you all yesterday. That is not the case. They're trying to sell you this empty vessel. And yeah. you, what you've got is a Bernie Sanders saying, here, look behind the curtain. This is what we've got in display, which is a bunch of socialist poli policies, increasing our taxes, ensuring we have open borders, defunding our police. And I think once you pull that curtain and you see that, the American people are going to say, no mas, we don't want this. This is not the, the vision for America. And they'll step away from this. So, you know, I think it was just a never-ending infomercial. And I got to tell you, I was so thrilled when it was over. And then we had our late-night show, The Real Joe Biden. And that was, let me tell you, the post-debate, and the, the post-convention analysis is always a fun little place to go to after you're, you're done when you wake up from the convention, basically. Yes, yeah. sure. can, we, well, can we talk about Michelle Obama real quick? Like, yes. I cannot talk about this convention without their finale. Uh, this this angry, hurt, you know, traumatic childhood sounding like finale they had. I mean, she had nothing nice to say really about anything. And then she wanted to lecture Americans on why Donald Trump was wrong. So once again, the Democrats are telling Americans that you're wrong. You don't know what you want. We know better. That's the same yeah. message. They've so been condescending. Entire time. It's so condescending. Negative. And what was more important was that this this whole notion of patriotism, what we must do for patriotism for our country. When this woman, who admitted publicly she was only proud right. in her adult lifetime just 12 years ago, I'm sorry, I cannot take her seriously when it comes to what she believes stands for America. Well, and by the way, we also know what her husband, the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, recently said 
about Joe Biden. So I don't think either of them are very confident in, in Joe Biden. But Kimberly, you know, we talked about John Kasich a minute ago, but they also tried, it's like they searched the entire right. country and they found <laughs> maybe like three people who were Republicans Never who are now uh, voting Democrat. I got to tell you something. Stay tuned for our convention, folks, because the number of former Democrats that are now voting for Donald Trump, there were so many. I mean, we could have done uh, four hours of programming every night of the four nights, but we won't do that. What did you think of this? Do you think people were buying into that? Do you think that convinced anybody? Yeah, I mean, never Trumpers, whatever. Those are like the dumbest people on the planet, okay? They just don't get it. They don't understand facts. They don't understand evidence, statistics, common sense. The Democrats are just totally desperate, all right? That's just a whole negative platform. They have no ideas, nothing to run on. So they, you know, trump up a couple people there that they think they're going to matter, but no one cares. Um, and it, when it comes to, like, you know, being basically, like, phony uh, people like this. I think the only person who gives any of these people of being a big-ass phony is Kamala Harris and John Kasich. Honestly, uh, those yeah. are the two. I mean, th this guy is such a sore loser. They put somebody like that up. It's yeah. all they have. He wants to try to tell America uh, country first. Yeah, well, John, how are you putting your America or country first by advancing a radical socialist agenda right. that's going to devastate the American economy? Answer that question, John. How are you putting America first by allowing a flood of illegal immigrants coming into this country, providing them with free health care and college when we don't take care of people who are here legally? Take care of our own. And how are you putting America first by supporting the most radical platform in modern American political history? He's not. John Kasich, no one cares about you. Please go away. You Please. only care about yourself, okay? And his own ego, he cares more about that than he does America and the values of the Republican Party. And that is why he has abandoned both to awkwardly stand there like a freak show, okay, on some gravel road for his last, like, 10 minutes of relevancy. Uh, and I'm being generous when I say 10 minutes. Hey, yeah. Laura. Such a whiner. Can I ask you a question, Laura? Oh, please. Tell us about Governor Andrew Cuomo. I mean, really, what was your reaction? You know, that choice I actually found so confusing because when you ask people in this state, we will tell you, I live in the state of New York, we are not happy with the job that Andrew Cuomo did. And by the way, him oh. referring to it as, as beautiful, the job he did, it was not beautiful to see all of those people who he told they could go back to the nursing homes who are dead awesome. now who, Awful. I mean, their families didn't get to say goodbye to them. They didn't get to have Awful. funerals. Nothing beautiful about that. And he, it just felt like such a lecture. It felt like I was, I, I had done something wrong. And like I was in the principal's office when he was there, like talking to you. I thought it was really a turnoff. I thought it was really gross. Wrong choice. And by the way, let's not forget, this is the same guy that back in April had sunshine, lollipops and rainbows to talk about when it came to President Trump and the federal government's response to the coronavirus as it related to the state of New York. So, I mean, this guy trying to, to bash the president on this, how absolutely ridiculous. Let me tell you something, he is destroying the state of New York. People are getting out of this state and out of the city of New York. His, his friend, Bill de Blasio, is doing the absolute worst job of any worst. mayor in the entire country. They're running people out of here. I really don't know if our city and our state will ever fully recover. Mm -hmm. It's It was good that at one sad. time, and it's so sad. The president talks about it to see, like, the diamond, the shining 
uh, city in our country just dark and, and bleak, and it's never coming back the same way. It's really sad. I thought he was a terrible choice. I was shocked whenever I saw his face on there, but uh, alas, that's where we are. And I also, I thought one of the funnier things was the fact that Bernie Sanders was standing in front of all of this wood. I think, Katrina, you tweeted something about, like, maybe that's how he's going to survive whenever he gets rid of all of the energy jobs. <laughs> Who cares about coal and oil like, and gas? I'm there's our answer. Wood. He's got, like, a lifetime supply of wood chopped behind him uh, in Vermont, <laughs> I guess. So, anyway, disgrace from beginning to end. Let's see what they have for us tonight. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody should come up Can't with a drinking wait. game so we can make it <laughs> through. But Sounds like fun. Yeah, let us know if you have any ideas. But ladies, uh, great, great commentary. Everybody stay with us. We'll be right back right after this commercial break. As we have already seen, his America First agenda has lifted all Americans up and have empowered them with true economic emancipation that has once again made the American dream possible. That's why I want you to text EMPOWER to 88022 right now if you want to keep America great and deliver four more years for President Donald J. Trump. I need you to stand with me right now and show the fake news and their partner, the Democrats, that no matter what they throw at us, we will keep fighting and we will keep winning and we will make America great again. Welcome back to The Right View. I'm Kimberly Guilfoyle, National Chair of Trump Victory Finance Committee. Joining us now is Deputy Campaign Manager to President Trump's re-election campaign, Justin Clark. Justin, thanks for joining us on the program today. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me. All right, fantastic. So can you dispel the fake news narrative being pushed by Democrats and their liberal allies in the mainstream media regarding the Postal Service? I'm tired of hearing this nonsense day after day. Tell us the real facts. So the reality is that Democrats are looking to blame President Trump for their rigging of the system in the election this fall. They've created a, a structure where they're trying to implement universal vote by mail 80 days before an election in Nevada. They've seen it fail in the primaries in New York and in Pennsylvania and in Nevada and in other states. And now they're looking for a scapegoat that's not their own election officials that are trying to create chaos and confusion in the election. So they're blaming the post office. Look no further than New York. I think it's really ironic that they're trying to blame the post office for county boards of elections in New York's congressional districts that are unable to count votes. It's not the post office's problem that they got all those ballots, that they can't count all those ballots in time. It's just ridiculous. The post office isn't the problem. The president isn't the problem. The Democrats who are trying to institute universal vote by mail 80 days before an election are the problem. Hey, you know, Justin, this is interesting because you mentioned New York. We also hear similar concerns in other blue states. So why is it that the Democrat Party is attempting to overhaul the U.S. election with only 77 days to go? Because they can't win otherwise. They know that in a fair fight where everyone's vote is counted once and everyone who's eligible to vote is allowed to vote once, that Donald Trump beats them every time. So they want to sow chaos and confusion in the electoral process so they can try to sneak out a victory and steal a victory from the president. I'll be honest with you, why else would you push for universal vote by mail and at the same time try to get rid of signature matching requirements right. on, on absentee ballots? Why else would you push out election day days after, or allow receipts of ballots days after the election? The only reason you would do it is to make sure that you have enough votes to win. This isn't about access to the polls. This is about making sure Democrats have enough votes to beat Donald Trump in the fall. And that's the only reason I can see that they're doing it. 
but Justin, here's the deal. We know the fake news media. They're constantly trying to, and, and Democrats conflate this mail-in voting versus universal mail-in voting, absentee ballots. Can you clarify for our viewers the difference between universal mail-in voting and absentee ballots? Absolutely. Absentee ballots are a tried and true process that we've used for decades in this country, even longer. Absentee ballots have the word in it that's operative, absent. If you are unable to go to the polls on election day, we have a process so that you can get your, your vote cast and get your voice heard on election day. And we do that through absentee voting. Now, because it's through the mail <clears throat> and because it was limited over the years, we have always, always, always made sure that there are extra security precautions involved. So the individual voter has to request it mm -hmm. from the County Board of Election. Right. The County Board of Election then sends them their ballot where they have to fill it out, sign it, sign it with a security envelope, and oftentimes have a witness sign it that the person who's casting the ballot is who they say they are. And then it's either dropped off at the County Board of Elections or mailed in. Two big differences here. One, the security is really important. Mm -hmm. And two, absentee ballots were never meant to be the way everybody voted. There was a low volume so that county boards of elections or other or town clerks could handle the ballots in a reasonable way before election day or on election day to determine how the vote was cast. What the Democrats are proposing is universal vote by mail where there's no request. They just mail live ballots to every voter on their voter file, whether they're dead, whether they moved, whether whether they they haven't lived there for years and get multiple ballots. Or the cat lives there. Or, yeah, it doesn't right. even matter, Justin, if they're humans. Cody Tim, <laughs> cat. cat, dead 12 right. years in North Carolina, got a, got a ballot. <laughs> That's my favorite Rest, story rest, you tell. Rest <laughs> Cody. Um, the, 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 the thing, though, is when you flood the zone with ballots like that and there's no request and there's no security check, you have mm -hmm. no idea who voted that ballot. Mm -hmm. You lose the chain of custody of that ballot and you have no ability after the mm -hmm. fact to go back and check whether that person actually voted. These are two totally different systems and the Democrats are trying to conflate them to try to get the American people to bite off on their crazy, uh, their crazy vote by mail schemes 77 days before an election. It destroys the whole integrity of the voting process, which is horrific. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I got to tell you, I know that we all uh, were like going, falling asleep during the uh, the first night of the DNC last night. <laughs> but if you watched it all, it was very clear that they are desperate, Justin, for this to stick. They want to convince the American people that the president is doing something wrong when it comes to the Postal Service, that the president is is the one that is trying to, you know, rig an election. When you said it, whenever you answered Kimberly's first question about this, it's funny because if you paid attention to the Democrats over the past, say, four or five years, everything that they accuse President Trump of doing, they themselves, in fact, are doing. They are the ones that are trying to rig the system. And I, I personally found it disgusting to see how far they went, even bringing Eva Longoria in to talk about how people aren't going to receive housewife. Come on, their, their social security check. I don't even know if they actually physically mail checks out now, the government anymore. I think maybe she should check on that. But Justin, why are the Democrats using the Postal Service as a political tactic to create fear-mongering for voters who are mailing in their ballots? I mean, it is, it's ridiculous to see what they tried to do last night on their programming. Because they are, they're doing it because they're creating a system that is going to sow chaos and confusion mm -hmm. leading up to the election and after the election, and they need to blame right. somebody else mm -hmm. because it's only their fault. Blue state governors that are trying to ram through universal vote by mail don't have the money, 
the infrastructure or the ability to handle all these additional votes or to know who they're mailing them to, quite frankly. They need a scapegoat. They need it to be President Trump, and that's why they're, they're blaming the post office. Again, it is not the post office job to count ballots in upstate New York. It's county board of election officials, and they couldn't even do it. So this is, it's just absolutely ridiculous that they are doing this, um, and they need, to, they need to blame the president for it, and that's what they're going to do, because they know what's coming. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I don't know if you saw, but CBS News did a whole uh, test, like, and they went out with 100 ballots and mailed them, and 3% of those ballots never made it back. Imagine if you had 3% of the voters disenfranchised and their votes didn't count. So that's why I think really just maintaining the integrity, the security of the process, the safest way is to... Yes, obviously cast your vote in person. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, then it's absentee ballot, so it's verified and documented, right, Justin? Uh, yes, and I would just add that this, that's just that's a problem even with the most secure vote by mail system in the world. Right, right. right? That's why it's inherently risky and inherently prone to fraud. Three percent. How many times have you had a birthday card not show up? How many times have you had an Amazon you package not show up? That's what they tell me, Justin. Justin. But... I'm waiting for the birthday card from Justin Clark. It hasn't come to my house. Yet. <laughs> what did it get the birthday card? Okay. How many I, times I did the shoes not right. come? No. <laughs> but hey, Kimberly, real quick, let me just ask Justin a question. Which states? I know the president, for example, highlighted Florida. Which states do we see these absentee ballots? Sometimes they actually use the terminology absentee ballots and mail-in votes. Yeah. Where does it work? So. Really good question. As, ever, as you guys know, it's really important to remember that every state, all 50 states on election day are gonna have 50 different elections to elect electors who are then gonna elect the president, okay? All 50 states have different methods of doing it. Mm -hmm. So in, in North Carolina, for instance, they have a very low percentage of absentee ballots relative to the rest of it, but they have a really high early vote percentage, meaning people vote before election day in person. Um, Pennsylvania, for instance, traditionally, has a very low absentee rate and doesn't have early votes. So mm -hmm. over well over 90% of people will vote on, on election, election day, day in person. Mm -hmm. Florida, Florida and Arizona have absentee systems that are uh, voter verified, signature match, and have these processes in place. They will be able to handle an increase in any absentee voting because mm -hmm. this is what they do. Mm -hmm. And they've got the security procedures in place to do it. Um, some states only do universal vote by mail. Mm -hmm. Colorado, Washington State, uh, Oregon, to name uh, Hawaii But they've Utah. done that for quite some time. Well, it, it if you ask the people in state, it took them decades to come up with a system that they felt worked. Okay. It's still inherently risky because right. again, you just have a natural attrition rate with mail. You increase the chain of custody of a ballot, you are increasing the risk that it's gonna get lost. Mm -hmm. So without security procedures in place of an absentee system and without lower volume, you really can't guarantee that votes mm. are gonna get cast right. in the right way. Well, I Not hope enough. that cat doesn't vote again. I mean, that could be problematic. But I'm still <laughs> voting. Three times. Well, Justin, I have to tell you, that was very informative and helpful. And I know so many people are asking questions about this. So I think this is probably, you know, one of the more uh, important topics that we've covered, you know, on the program. So thank you once again, our deputy campaign manager, Justin Clark, doing a fantastic job for President Trump every day. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Stay with us. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message.
I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. My administration will take all necessary steps to safeguard our citizens from this threat. Hysterical xenophobia. Giving Americans a false sense. Is it accurate that if these uh, steps had not been put in place, it could have been two billion people dead here in the United States? Yes. No matter how hard they try to stop us, they can't. We built the greatest economy the world has ever seen, and we're going to do it again. Together, we're beating back the invisible enemy. What the federal government did was a phenomenal accomplishment. Through it all, the world has witnessed the unyielding resolve of our incredible American people. Promise made, promise kept. And I'm fighting for you, and I love doing it with everything that I have. And you know that. With the grace of God, we will win this war, and we will win this war quickly. And we will make America great again. And welcome back to The Right View. I'm Katrina Pearson, Senior Advisor to President Trump's re-election campaign, and it has been a week since Joe Biden named phony Kamala Harris to the ticket. Unsurprisingly, they still haven't taken questions. Let's watch this embarrassing clip. Thank you. Come on, guys. Thank you, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, let's go. Come on, thank you. Come on, guys. Thank you. Okay, Laura, they literally ran off the stage. No questions. How can you possibly Unreal. run for president of the United States, just announce your vice presidential pick, and then run from the press? Why can't the Biden-Harris ticket answer the tough questions and just be transparent with the American people? Well, you would think if you're running for president and vice president of the United States, you'd want to interact uh, with the media so the people of this country could get a sense of who you are, your ideas. But therein lies the problem here, because these two are just about the worst combination. I mean, they're actually perfect for one another because they will do and say anything to appease the radical exactly. left wing mob that has taken over their party. And they don't want to let the cat out of the bag too quickly for the American people to see that. They're hoping that people start doing the early vote. They're hoping that people start doing absentee voting. And they don't know who Joe Biden and Kamala Harris really are. I mean, how ridiculous. They're just like, oh, get out of here, guys. Go, go, go. And they can't get out fast enough. So, I mean, this if you don't think that there's something that this party is hiding from you, ladies and gentlemen, just take a look at that clip. They do not want these two answering questions. They don't want them being pressed on anything. We know Joe Biden for sure can't handle it. But Kamala Harris, I mean, I don't think she even fully knows her platform because they haven't told it to her yet. So she's not prepared yet to answer the tough questions. It's so sad and so ridiculous. Laura, she's going to shift with the wind. It depends yeah. on the day. Do we ban fracking? That's right. Fracking. They Tell her what you want her to say. She'll go out and say it. That's what she's all about. Amen. You're right about That's that. That's absolutely right. You know, they've already chosen all of her staff. So now they're just waiting to tell her where she stands on policy. But the fact that they literally <laughs> ran out of the room, I mean, yeah. it, it's just disturbing. Like a fire drill. So ah. it, it's crazy. I mean, think about this. If you really had a vision, if you had, you know, this this idea for America that you that you believed, touch the American people or believe that many Americans agreed with, why wouldn't you be shouting that from the rooftops? You'd, you'd want to get it out there all day, every day, Katrina. Every they don't, day. Because they know I mean, they that's have what we nothing do. to offer. Yes. We shout it from the rooftops. 
but that, that's how you know that there is something going on. So I think you're right. They're hiding something. And speaking of Kamala, we briefly touched on her last week, but there is a lot that we did not cover. So Kimberly, you actually worked directly with Kamala Harris years ago in California. Can you describe your personal experience? I've been waiting for this, Kimberly, I for a long time. Let's go. <laughs> yes, it was peachy keen. All right. Well, honestly, peachy. you do not need to have worked with Kamala, to be quite honest, to understand her, because you guys nailed it. She will do or say anything, whatever she needs to get ahead. She may be one of the most phony, self-serving people I have ever had the displeasure to work with. I mean, how can somebody stand there on a debate stage and say she believes Joe Biden's sexual assault accuser or stand there and accuse Joe Biden of advancing racist policies and literally supporting racists, yet now become his pick for vice president. Does that have any credibility whatsoever? I mean, you either want to be a champion for truth and justice and bravely speak truth to power, or you want to be a champion for your own selfish ambitions and motivations. We know what Kamala has chosen. It's resoundingly clear. It's the same path she has chosen her entire life. So if there are Democrat voters out there who feel betrayed by her dishonesty, sadly get in line because that's all you will ever get from her. Yeah, you know, and I don't think, Kimberly, it's going to take much time once this does start to come out. I mean, we've seen the polls, you know, go in the President Trump's favor just after the announcement. So it's already beginning. So let's already watch a this failed clip. ticket. It's already a failed ticket. No enthusiasm. Yeah. She couldn't win her home state. And, you know, they chose a black woman who couldn't even pull the black vote. So no one can ever explain that to me. Now, Whoa. let's watch this clip. And it details just how liberal and far left phony Kamala Harris is. Um, I have always supported Medicare for all. Let's eliminate all of that. Let's move on. So, um, yes. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. I will vote for it. I think we should have that conversation. Espinoza was gunned down with an AK-47 by a 21-year-old gang member. Harris held a news conference. No death penalty. I mean, I support a mandatory buyback program. Uh, this person could be the nominee in, in 2024 and may, uh, God forbid, be called into service before then. Okay, so Mercedes, after watching this, how is it possible when you see the gun grabbing, the unconstitutional policies, the support of eliminating jobs, raising taxes, uh, putting illegal aliens first, putting felons first and Americans last, how does Joe Biden possibly masquerade as a moderate after naming someone like California, San Francisco liberal like Kamala to the ticket? Joe Biden has no backbone. Kamala Harris has no backbone. These are spineless people who are willing to do and say anything to appease the far left. And so when I when we saw that New York Times piece where they called Kamala a pragmatic moderate, it was such a joke. I mean, you had former Obama speechwriter come out and say that that was hilarious that they even called her a moderate because she's ranked as the most liberal senator in the Senate, beating out Bernie Sanders. 
So wow. I think it's so clear that while they're putting all this like it's historic pick, it's a woman that that we have to keep unraveling the truth here because we're not going to see it at the DNC convention. They're all just being fuzzy about their words. But when you dig into their policies and their positions, it's a very clear that Kamala, Kamala Harris supports socialized medicine. Kamala Harris supports taking away our guns from law-abiding citizens. And Kamala Harris agrees with the New Green New Deal, which she co-sponsored, which Ugh. would lead to a war on our energy independence that President Trump has been able to achieve. And that's why we have to stop them. Like, this is why it's critical that people understand, take their record, talk to their neighbors and say, guys, they are going to fundamentally transform our nation. They have said it. They don't like us. We are the deplorables to them because what we stand for is we stand for American strength and security. And what their policies are proposing would be bringing California and making California the model for America. Terrifying. And by the way, no, it's, that's it's, no very, good. No good. it's interesting to me because you generally see, uh, we've seen the opposite happen with this entire Democrat pick. First of all, we all know it should have been Bernie Sanders again, but they, they knew they couldn't control him like they <laughs> needed to. So they propped up Joe Biden and got him out there. But generally speaking, whenever a candidate is chosen, they pivot to the middle. They yeah. always try and become a, more of a centrist. Joe Biden has done the opposite because the, he's obviously being controlled by the radical uh, leftist socialist mob in the party. And now with Kamala Harris, I mean, it's the same thing. There is no pivot towards the Awful. middle. There is no common ground here. This is the most radical socialist ticket in the history of American politics. Yes, and it, is, it is. Don't be fooled, ladies and gentlemen. There is zero moderate about anything going on here. It is a completely different party. It is not the Democrat party. We might as well call them the socialist party. And it's evidence here. It's all this that we see. And you're right, Mercedes, we have to continue to unravel it for the American people because we know that the Democrats are, are using the mainstream media as their marketing arm yep. and they're going to do whatever they want. They're not going to push Joe Biden. They're not going to push Kamala Harris and they will never yep. expose the truth. It's up to us and it's up to the people at yeah, home. And, and Katrina, don't you think that, I mean, the media is with them. So why wouldn't they answer the easy? <laughs> yeah, right. It probably well, they already have the, the questions. They always interrupt well, that's Trump the scary and scream thing. at him and yell at when he's trying to leave and they fire a million questions at him just so they just let them leave peacefully because they don't want to ask him a question and blow the whole gig up. I know, yeah. right. Well, I think that's the scariest part, at least to me, because we all know that they're in the bag. So what is it that they're afraid of? I mean, there isn't one single question that they're willing to answer for the American people. And the answer is no because our president has a record that has put them all to shame. Yeah. I mean, these guys have been in office for decades. They're just not competent. They're not competent, and, and they're just Katrina. not competent. And the no, Democrats I mean, already they rejected with Kamala. They didn't even want her as, as the candidate. Exactly. I mean, exactly. My by the way, guys, whenever you look at the fact that when Joe Biden is in the coddled, safe interviews, when he's literally got the questions and the answers <laughs> written in front of him, he still can't get through them. So I, I honestly think that part of this is that they are terrified that Joe Biden's cognitive decline will be fully exposed yeah. and on display for the American people. No they doubt. can't risk that. Even if he knows the questions in advance, he still gets it wrong. He right. still the, the calls people presidency. a junkie and, and says you ain't black and all this nonsense out there. 
they're terrified to let him just free speak out there. Oh my God, which is why they're trying yeah, to stop what, the debate. What was that? The what was it? The the dog horse pony soldier. What dog was that? Pony soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with the malarkey <laughs> those, cord. Those know, are all the, the usual things. Absolutely. I can't. They are terrified. That never gets old, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't. It, you're right, Kimberly. This is. I think about it all the time. Every time I see him on TV, it's either I see him saying those words or I see Walter, <laughs> Jeff Dunham's puppet. And it's oh just, it's hilarious to me. But Mercedes, you only hit the tip of the iceberg with the number of policies that makes her a radical. Right. We haven't even discussed the fact that you had a sitting senator in a public hearing call ICE, our brave interior law enforcement agencies, and compared them to the KKK. America is insane. insane to choose this type of ticket and unleash all hell on all of us. I don't want my city to be a Portland. I know you don't either. Exactly. Let's see what America has. So look, guys, we're going to take one more commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Kamala Harris ran for president by rushing to the radical left, embracing Bernie's plan for socialized medicine, calling for trillions in new taxes, attacking Joe Biden for racist policies. Voters rejected Harris. They smartly spotted a phony, but not Joe Biden. He's not that smart. Biden calls himself a transition candidate. He is handing over the reins to Kamala while they jointly embrace the radical left. Slow Joe and phony Kamala, perfect together, wrong for America. Seattle's pledge to defund its police department by 50%, even including a proposal to remove 911 dispatchers from police control. Joe Biden said he's absolutely on board with defunding the police. Listen closely. Yes, absolutely. Hello, you've reached 911. I'm sorry that there is no one here to answer your emergency call, but leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Crime will rise significantly. Welcome back to The Right View. I'm Mercedes Schlepp, Senior Advisor for Strategic Communications. I want to get everyone's final thoughts, but first, look, we are, what, 76 days away from the election? And we gotta make sure we get every single one of you involved to help us get President Trump re-elected this November. So download the groundbreaking Trump 2020 app, now available on Apple and Android. Please sign up to be a volunteer to register for events, or you could win exclusive prizes. Also, you can stay in contact with us. Text TRUMP to 88022. If you or your families or friends or neighbors want to be involved in our fight to re-elect President Donald J. Trump, please visit armyfortrump.com to sign up. Let me tell you, it's so easy that you'll be able to make calls, connect with potential voters, and it's so helpful for our campaign, especially since we're in the home stretch right now. But first, let me get everyone's final thoughts. Katrina, I'll start with you. Thank you, Mercedes. Look, ladies, I am in Minnesota. This is a beautiful state. I watched the sunrise over Lake Superior. It was gorgeous. Now I don't want to go home. <laughs> so we're excited. The Women for Trump bus tour is here. I miss you guys. I wish you were here. It'd be so much fun. The weather is phenomenal. Um, we're going to be hitting probably six or seven stops today, starting out in Duluth. We're going to be here tomorrow. Go to DonaldJTrump.com event to come out and see us. One other thing I wanted to add about this amazing uh, pardon of Susan B. Anthony because everyone talks about, you know, women's suffrage and the fact that, you know, she voted illegally and went to jail for it. But no one ever mentions that she voted Republican. Yeah. And I think that is so important. That's right. Because this legislation was authored by a Republican. Yep. And it took our country 
50 years to vote out Democrats to get women to vote. And so I just wanted us to take that victory lap, ladies. We are the progeny of Susan B. Anthony, and I'm just proud to see right. you all. Oh, great. Amen. Oh, great. I got goosebumps with you talking about that. <laughs> um, Kimberly, let's go to you. All right, I'm going to freak you out right now. All right. Bye. So Bye. <laughs> I'm going to freak you out. Um, so, to all the viewers watching our program, I'm actually going to encourage you to do something you might find a little bit surprising. I would like you to go watch the Democrat convention again tonight, okay? <laughs> Let's do it, please. I know. It's painful. Um, You're killing yeah, you know, it's, it's painful. <laughs> it's painful. You may want to medicate yeah. uh, or drink some whatever <laughs> to get through it. However, you don't need to watch every second of it because that would be torture. But I yeah. think it is important because we talk a lot about how radical the Democrat Party has become. We've talked about it on this program. We also talk about how unhinged they are in their rhetoric, all true, and how silent they have been. In on the riots and the violence tearing apart our streets in this country. So do not take our word for it. Go watch for yourself and see what they stand for. And what you'll be seeing for the next few nights is the future of America if we do not fight back. The election is in 76 days. It's no longer just a conversation piece over dinner, la-di-da-da. The election is happening. It's coming fast and furious. And ballots are being sent out in just a couple of weeks. And the fate of our nation, literally, we've been talking about on the show, rests in the decisions and the effort that we put forward right now. This election truly is that important. And we actually need each and every one of you, like Mercy was saying, to do everything you can to help deliver four more years of President Trump. It literally is going to make the difference about the future of this country. It's going to save lives. We got the law and order president and the president that will rebuild the economy. The other team, it will lead to economic collapse and more chaos and more riots and looting and anarchy. Make a choice to save this country. That's Amen. Yes. You know, I think we should make a challenge to our viewers. Your job every day is to convince at least one person to vote for Donald Trump. Do it. That should be your goal that. now to election day. And all you need, I Mercedes, is the facts. You That's All you need are the right. facts. And the facts don't lie. You can go uh, our website, What's our Laura? website? Keep, uh, wait, promiseskept.com. I almost forgot it. Promiseskept.com. It'll tell you everything you need moment. to know. I have a lot of websites in my head. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. We have a lot. Uh, Laura, let me go to you. Final thoughts. Yeah. Well, this was, uh, it was a bit of a sad week um, in the Trump family, as yeah. Kimberly knows. Um, our, our great president's uh, brother, Robert, passed away, and it's his younger brother. And I'll tell you, I have a younger brother, and it, it really hits home whenever you think about your own sibling and, and being in a position where, um, look, it, it's tough. It's tough whenever you lose anybody in your family, but I think a young, younger sibling is especially hard. And you saw the great uh, words from the president honoring his brother's life. He said he wasn't just my brother. He was my best friend. And I'd like to point out to everybody that in the midst of a situation like this, this president is still working overtime for the American people. He, if you remember, it was just last week that we had that amazing meeting between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. This is something we could see peace in the Middle East under a Donald Trump presidency. And I'd like to point out again, this is something that everybody laughed at the president when in 2016, he said, this is something I'm gonna work on. I gotta give a big shout out to Jared Kushner. I know that he's worked so hard on this as well. Yes. Even in the midst of his brother being in critical condition, mm -hmm. the, a death in the family, this president is doing everything he can 
to help the American people to move our country forward, to bring about peace in the world. I mean, it's really amazing. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I can't say enough. He, he impresses me every day. He, every day I'm, I'm more and more surprised by how hard he works and how much he gives. And all he wants in return is to make this country great. And so, uh, you know, I just want to point that out for people. This has been a tough week for him and it's been a tough Very week for tough. our family. He has never stopped working for a single second. Well, our thoughts- Laura is so right. I just want to say something really quickly, if I could, to, to back that up. My heart literally breaks for the president. I cannot even imagine. I have a younger brother, too, and he's my, you know, only family besides Ronan left, uh, you know, living. And I have to tell you something. It was heartbreaking to see. And we were there when they did last rites. The president had to be, we FaceTimed him so he could see his brother for the last time before he passed away. He did a press conference. He did the last rites with the minister and was absolutely amazing and so spiritual and lovely to his brother. And then he had to go do a round table. I don't know anybody who could have gotten through what he had to do like that, knowing that his brother was there. And thank God he was able to see him in person the day before. But talk about sacrifice and an incredible human being to have the strength to be able to do that, sacrificing so much for this country. People really need to appreciate this man and this incredible family and everything they're doing. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with the Trump family. And it's just, as you were mentioning, Kimberly, it's, it's such a difficult time. And yet he's still managing to get through every single day. I mean, he's been traveling um, this week, uh, visiting Wisconsin, uh, visiting as well as Minnesota and Arizona. I think he's stopping by Iowa too to, to go survey the disaster that happened there as well. So, you know, he keeps going very strong and I know it's heartbreaking for him uh, with the loss of his younger brother. So uh, our so condolences sad. to and the And he has family. to bury his brother and say goodbye. Yep. You know, yep. week. So yeah, it's it, it was heartbreaking for all of us, Laura. I mean, it was it, it was really something. And I sent your family a note, mm -hmm. as you know, and um, just recalled the election night with him. He was just so fun and energetic and excited. And he was just a kind man. And so it was just heartbreaking for all of us. And so loyal, so loyal. And the president yeah. said that not yet. Like Laura said, he was his best friend. He was incredibly loyal to the president, to the family, to the country. Um, and he said, you know, he was my buddy. How cute, sweet is that? It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And we won't forget Robert Trump. Uh, God bless his family. God protect bless his him. family during this time and give them strength. Uh, mm -hmm. I do want to give a huge thank you, first of all, to our wonderful ladies who are on the right view every single week. And also want to thank all of our amazing supporters at home for tuning in. I will tell you, we are continuing the Real Joe Biden show tonight. Tune in after the DNC convention for what I call is the raw coverage, the unfiltered opinions <laughs> of some of our great spokespeople here in headquarters on the campaign trail. So make sure you tune in tonight. We start at 11, unless the Democrats go a little long. But uh, we'll, I promise you it'll be an entertaining evening with our cast tonight. So and with our guests. So we'll, we'll see you next time as we continue to fight to reelect President Donald J. Trump, God bless you all. God bless this president and God bless America. Thank you so much.